Hi, I'm Colton. <laughs> and if you're like me, you're constantly telling your friends about albums that you think are fantastic and then you have them listen to it and they go, I didn't really get it. How's everybody doing today? Um, I'm very happy to uh, be hosting my very first episode of Get Into the Groove. Um, I'm a little nervous, to be honest. The applause button's too far away. <laughs> well, I never hit we the right one. We never find it anyway. Right. That, that was the rim shot, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, so when are we going to... We're off to a great start. Fine. Yeah, we're, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. All right. But I'm the first ever new host of the show. Brandon's still here. I'm just taking over for this one. We're trying something different today. Um, but let me introduce my co-host here. She won't let love disrupt, corrupt, or interrupt her. It's Melissa. <laughs> okay. Um, first of all, <laughs> first of all, you're doing a great job. Thank you. Uh, second of all, I would like to let you know that you chose my favorite lyric from the oh, whole how did album. I know? How did I know? <laughs> 16 years of friendship knows. <laughs> She's got two black gadgets in her hands. So all she thinks about. <laughs> got no guilt, no morals, no responsibility. Clouds her judgment. She's got a smile on her face. She does what she damn well, please. It's Jeannie Harper. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I love that. I love it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm. <laughs> okay. He's got stickers on his locker and all the boys there and magic marker. <laughs> It's Brandon Jensen. It's me. <laughs> That's great. I I I was expecting. What is it? The saltine. I eat six saltines. Yeah. Well, fingers. that's right after that part. It's so. true. No, I wanted to get to the positive, the positive part of it that you got the the boys eating out of the palm of your hand. You the, boys. Know? the boys. The boys. The boys. Why are, why are we doing that? <laughs> oh, well. I am very excited today uh, because we are talking about one of my favorite records of all time. This is honestly probably uh, top three, if not top two for me. Um, we're talking about. You know, I just that is a very interesting thing to say. Top three, if not top two. So what's the other one that's like vying for that, yeah, what that place? What is also in third place? Well, what's also in third place? Yeah, you got one, three, three. Who's the other one? Well, um, number one is probably, and I might this might be controversial for me, but uh, mm -hmm. Sound and Color, honestly, I think is my number one. Wow. Mm -hmm. okay, I believe okay. that. Yeah. I believe that. And it's more, it's actually probably, Blunderbuss is more of a close, like, first or second tied up there. Okay. Um, uh, number three is, is probably Highway 61 Revisited, Bob Dylan. Ah. So. I see. Probably. But. All right, all right, all right. I just need a clarification on that sentence. Yeah. Excuse me. But uh, we're talking about Jack White's Blunderbuss, his debut solo album. All right. Um, but before we get into it, I wanted to talk about uh, a little bit of current news going on in the music world because I wanted to hear what your guys' thoughts were. <gasps> uh, the whole um, Joe Rogan, Neil Young, oh. Spotify debut. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I got sudden eye rolls out of that one. Um. Called my ass last night. I did. Okay, so 
Number one, uh, let me just state my opinion. I support Neil Young, and I think Joe Rogan needs to be removed from all streaming platforms, (laughs) period, point blank, period. And I think Spotify needs to get live together, or there are going to be a lot more artists leaving that platform. A lot already have. I know, but I'm saying like it's just going to keep bleeding out if they don't get a hold of it. Um, Number two, I texted Brandon yesterday because I was trying to promote my podcast to somebody, and I couldn't find it on Spotify, and I didn't know that we had removed it. So here's a quick uh, uh, announcement. Get Into the Groove is not streaming on Spotify. But we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Podcasts, the Podcast Index, and you can visit our website at get the letter in the number two, thegroove.com to stream all episodes. Was this in solidarity with this whole thing? Yeah, and it was mostly for the response because the response was just like absolute trash. Yeah. It's a it's a difficult subject because like I I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to take my stuff off of Spotify because I can't afford to. Right. Not that I make any money from Spotify, but like if I were to, which it's the number one people way that people listen to music nowadays, you know, like that's the thing for like small fries like us. We can't afford to not have our music on Spotify or else like it's much more difficult to find success without it. But and we support you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I I think a lot more people have the same viewpoint as me. Um, but I mean, I fully, fully agree with Neil Young. And like, I don't know. I don't want to get into it. Let's hear what Jeannie says first. <laughs> Here's my thing. I think generally the approach with Joe Rogan, like, it'd be silly to claim that this is the big outrage. Like, good for the people who decided to, like, take their stuff off, but it's also been just a steady week of hearing about his bullshit. You know, like this happened. We heard about like previous episodes where he is using words he should not be using. Like, like it's just a nonstop rollout from him and it constantly, like it always is. Um, so, Oh man, I feel like it's complicated because I think it's a matter of addressing the fact that I think things that I've read to are, just Spotify in general, you know, I was surprised that you took us off Spotify because I clearly just heard that. However, as I'm talking about this, I'm like, no, I agree with you. Actually, I don't want our stuff on Spotify. Um, But like, we already know that they're like monsters about streaming numbers. Like artists don't make jack shit off of them. Like, well, not only that has completely altered the way that musicians make music because of the way that they set up their, their, um, algorithms, it's based on like more frequent releases. Mm, and so it will favor them. Spotify yeah. themselves say that like you shouldn't make albums anymore. Basically, like you should be releasing you should just singles, release singles right on a regular basis because it works exhausting. better with our algorithms. Yeah. Right. Anyways, no, I think here's the thing Joe Rogan's going to be Joe Rogan and Spotify is going to keep being Spotify, right. is where I'm at. Like they're both villains. Like, and we know this. That's, I guess that's my conclusion. Like before we reach this point, we've known this about both of them. So yes, it's great that like, it is good that artists are pulling their stuff. It is good that there is ideally the application of some heat to like either of these entities, but also they are who they are. You should probably buy stuff off of Bandcamp. They do a fantastic job of supporting artists. And that's my little plug for you. Bandcamp is a fantastic site. They, uh, since the pandemic has started, they've been doing, Bandcamp Fridays where they Hit up wave. a Bandcamp Friday. You yeah. can your entire the amount that you pay for something will go to that artist. Yeah, Bandcamp wave, doesn't uh, take a oh, cut. Cool. Is that why is that why it's like Yes, it's very want? cool. Wow. Well, beyond that, like normally they take fees out for for having their your stuff on Bandcamp, but they they, have they to wave run that. Somehow. They've done it like three or four times a year 
for and you know it's always a big yeah sales do it thing. every friday yeah. the first friday of every month i believe yeah actually, Bandcamp is an excellent for like site i years. honestly have not kept mine up to date as well as i should but it is really a valuable resource for independent musicians so. yeah, this is this is the thing it's like we we can rant and rave about spotify all we want but it's now putting you know our money where our mouth is right yeah yeah i mean it, it's like i said um and i don't want to spend too much more time on this but for lesser you know less famous musicians it's a really difficult decision to make to take yourself off of spotify when like it is the number one platform for new music and yeah, I'll be. I'd be curious to see how it turns out. I will say that because um, they definitely. I mean, yeah, it sucks. It's changed everything. So, anyway, not to start on a bummer of a note. I was just kind of curious what you guys had to say about it. But now we can happily now change I'm subjects. pissed. <laughs> <laughs> now we can happily change subjects um, to uh, blunderbuss, which I'm just so excited to talk about today. So. Just some background. Um, the White Stripes um, w- recorded uh, Icky Thump, released Icky Thump in 2007. Icky Thump is their last record that they did, as I'm sure most of you guys know. Um, first and last? No, no not last. their first and last. No. Their last record. Last. Yes. Last. As the White Stripes. Yes. Okay. For several reasons, Meg White has always had stage fright issues and anxiety issues. I think also that Jack White is a very, um, he pushes people Um a lot so like i could see probably some pressure from him and also she had a sex tape leak in this time frame um that she was like extremely embarrassed about it was not any like huge controversial thing but at least not in in like big mainstream stuff but so she kind of like she has not performed since from what i i know of so she's really become kind of like a recluse in that regard. But I think she kind of just went back to, you know, living a normal life. But in that time frame from about 2007 to around 2011, which was when the White Stripes officially broke up, uh, Jack White did a bunch of projects. He's done the Rack and Tours. He did the Dead Weather, uh, both of which are basically like super groups. And then has not done anything that has had his name on it yet at that time frame. Um, like, obviously, like he's involved with it, but it's not like Jack White. He started right? getting into production, too. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. And he has his own record company. So, um, yes. The man was still doing a lot at the time. Uh, and he's had that record company for quite some time, and we're going to talk about it today, too. But of all things to happen, he was supposed to produce, as we're talking about this, RZA in his studio, and RZA canceled, right? And so he was left with this empty time slot that he decided to record his own music with. And he did not expect anything to happen from this. These are all just kind of songs that he had in his back pocket. And then as they started recording it, they did like six or seven songs. And he realized, oh, shit, this is like a real thing that's going to happen. And so we have Blunderbuss. Overall impressions as we get into it. What do, what do we think? I like that you tell me that because as I was listening to it, I feel like Jack White's projects are usually really tight concept wise. Yeah. This album, I think, gets a little looser. Yes, it's not like it all over the place. It does still kind of like, I guess there's a drain that it's circling essentially. Right, right. but like, it, <laughs> I like knowing visual. that background that it was like a, a kind of spur a spur of the moment. A spur of the thing. moment. Yeah, yeah that that which, makes a lot of stuff click for me. Then. Which is unusual for Jack White. He is very much a methodical a very, person. Yes, he is a like amazingly so like very right. yeah. 
it's mm. it's interesting because he is he's a hardcore artist and also he still is one of those people who I think is like heavily like we have the day planned out. Yes. It is scheduled yes. and this is what is happening and <laughs> right. this is how it's supposed to go down. Which is, I imagine, probably part of why Meg kind of shy. A little, yeah. I could, okay, yeah. Not talking shade on Jack, but he's an intense person. So I was actually, I'm, I'm kind of glad that you said that, Jeannie, because my impression of this album was that it was this odd, like, um, like sitting on the fence between the white stripes and yeah. the Jack White like of of now right, you know what i mean yeah, uh-huh. and so i was kind of like i hear things that i've heard recently and then i hear the white stripes at the same time and it's a little confusing but now that i know that right. makes more sense yeah, of where there, he was at there's also the idea too that um he also has written music for um uh cold mountain mm-hmm. at this point which is where some of that kind of like bluegrass country stuff starts leaking which that's always been a part of his sound but it it really leaked Americana. into it in this town yes, yeah Americana. that was a thing that was a thing i noticed is it it really digs into some of those like really deep like southern like blues yeah. mm-hmm. rock like mm-hmm. roots that i think are like crucial to jack white but that he doesn't always play directly in right like you know that those are the like those are the building steps of who he is as a yeah. guitarist mm-hmm. we'll get there but there were a couple of songs that i just thought oh these are definitely going to be covered by black women. <laughs> like if they haven't already, they will. Well, be. Uh, mm-hmm. Ruby, um, I forget her last name. The the woman that Back sings with him, uh, she's a black woman. Okay, great. So. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I was just like, mm, no, these uh, are, yeah. I can see a lot and of honestly, just- this record has a lot of uh, really well-known uh, studio musicians in it, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But I want to get into the very first song, which is actually really one of my favorites and honestly kind of what pulled me into this album, it, Missing Pieces. I love the lyrics of this song. I think it's kind of funny and it's also like kind of like a ironic little twist at the end of it. You know, he's talking about this woman who is basically taking him apart piece by piece and he's like realizing that it's happened but not realize not really. And then by the end of the song he says, you know, sometimes everyone controls something about you and they tell you they can't just live without you and they ain't lying they'll take pieces of you. Literally. Literally. <laughs> uh, I think I really appreciated like I don't know, the poetry. It just really yeah. felt mm-hmm. like uh, there was very strong images and we were like yeah. zooming in and out of each one, like going in for the detail. Yeah, and because he, he's also picture. kind of like drifting in and out of like being asleep and like waking up and like he has no idea what's going on. And like, <laughs> he like here's the alarm clock going off, but like he can't because his ear is gone. Right. <laughs> it's really funny. I always enjoy Jack White as a lyricist. Yeah. Thoughts? <laughs> Well, I guess I'm trying to find out how I would like if someone were to ask me how to describe it, because I think he does. Poetry is a good way to put it. And it is it's like you say, like it often is a bit of this like drifting in and out of certain scenes. And they always have like a very particular vibe to them. Yeah, that was always it was it's well suited for what he does, too. Like it's very on key for what he's doing. I want to know, too, that he um, is not playing guitar in this song. He is playing the uh, uh, Rhodes keyboard. Oh. So the keyboard solo that's in this song is Jack White shredding away. Which He it, was a percussionist first. Yes, he was a drummer first, which he plays drums on this album as mm-hmm. well. Um, but he uh, also is a very skilled piano player, which is not something that was like, I felt showed off very much at this point in the White Stripes. And you kind of start hearing more piano stuff in Icky Thump. You and get some, some nice ones. stuff in... Uh What's my favorite White Stripes album? White Orchid. What's that oh, one? Um, Blue Orchid. Uh, uh, get Behind Me. Get Behind Me, Satan. Yeah, Get Behind Me, Satan. He does some really nice like piano playing, I think, on that one. And 
I love that album. That's I think that's my favorite White Stripes album. It's a good one. Well, yeah, um, yeah. So he's playing keys on. He plays a lot of different instruments throughout this album as well. Um, I think he ends up playing every like piece of the band basically. Missing pieces. Any any thoughts other than that on that one? Did we cover everything? Because I would love to move on to what is also one of my favorite songs on this. Sixteen saltines. Sixteen saltines. Who? Um, if you miss the white stripes, right here we are. <laughs> it's the white stripes, but it it also has a a, a bite that I felt like. He never really reaches back up to that level throughout the rest of the album. Yeah. And I'm so glad that this is at the beginning for that reason. Because it's like, all right, here's the white stripes. And now, like, I'm, I'm going to do other stuff now. Right. Um, this song, again, has some of my favorite poetry in it. Um, this one's a, a single, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. There's a video for it, too. Yes. I loved this song when this album came out. I loved this song when mm-hmm. this album came out. Um, it definitely hit its stride when it was on uh, SNL. Um, he performed this in Love Interruption with something we can kind of talk about on this. In the process of making this album, he used primarily a lot of Nashville studio musicians. So, of course, that's why everything sounds fantastic because everybody's just like at the top of their game. But he had basically two backing bands. He had an all-female band and an all-male band. Uh, the boys were called the Buzzards and the girls were called the Peacocks. <laughs> he also um, toured with both of these groups. And what's really impressive with the Peacocks is that they would wear debutante gowns, right? Mm-hmm. The drummer would play in that that dress while like doing these crazy songs. That's amazing. <sighs> yes. It's very impressive. Yeah. And he also, for this album, I think he also had a, I think it was Gary Oldman directed like a live concert dvd I, I don't know if it's gary oldman or it's not martin scorsese i know it's not martin scorsese i feel like it's gary oldman it's gary oldman i think you're remembering correctly and i'm saying this is a person who doesn't fully know what you're talking about but for some reason i connect gary oldman and jack white together yes i think he directed a live concert dvd that involved this album yes with it. um which is is really good honestly um very much enjoy it yeah, 16 Saltines, some of my favorite lyrics and also musical moments. Um, he talks about... Uh, I just want to validate you. It was directed by Gary Oldman. Aha! Mm-hmm. It was streamed online as part of American Express Unstaged. Yes, that's it. That's What's the, the name of it? That's that, it. I think okay. that is the name okay. of it, yeah. It, it, okay. It seems like it's like a... Uh, it was a I segment was, in a much bigger He was thing. involved in a handful of like live recordings that came out within the, like a good handful of years between I think 2007 up to this point too. I think you are correct. Um, that's not actually important to this. I just really remember like a, a scene, like a promo for this that um, involved Gary Oldman actually being in it. But some of my favorite lyrics to this song, force fed, forced meds till I drop dead. You can't defeat her when you meet her. You'll be, you'll get what I said. And then he also has one line about looking out, throwing up a lifesaver down my throat. And then the guitars choke. That's the, they go, it's like, right. Thank you for the demonstration. (laughs) We got the audio. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) y'all. 
to, to piggyback off of uh, the lyrics, uh, yes. I had this thought, I think in the next one, Freedom at 21. Anyway, mm. Um, mm. I think I remember you telling me that his uh, label is mostly like hip hop and rap artists. Yes. A surprising amount. Yes. I, I feel I like this, like, but... yeah, listening to this, it makes sense now. Like, mm -hmm. uh, he's an incredible lyricist. You're talking, uh, oh, you mean this album in particular? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see. I see. I think it was Freedom at 21. What I had yes. thought, but that that lyric that you just gave was like a perfect example mm -hmm. of 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 the kind of lyricist he is. Like he's able to, he's like Stephen Sondheim quality, able to like shove ridiculous amounts of things into he, tiny um, <laughs> he, uh, amounts of time. He very much straddles the line between like kind of more like modern rap stuff and also like Bob Dylan talking blues. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, and he is, of course, you know, a very big Bob Dylan enthusiast. Um, so, but yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the very opening paragraph of words, the whole she's got stickers on her locker and the boys numbers there and magic marker. I'm hungry and the hunger will linger. I eat 16 salting crackers. Then I lick my fingers because he's salty. <laughs> yes. Feed me, <laughs> Melissa. Give me your eye rolls. <laughs> uh, what I what kills me about that I was just listening to you talk about these two songs, um, and these are the two that I said, "Oh yeah, this is a Colton album." <laughs> well, these are honest. Okay, so I do love both of those songs, but like I, every single song on this album is that's fair. That's fair, but yeah. I could see how those yeah. those two early well, ones, especially two thousand and twelve. Uh, Colton. Yeah. Colton. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. No. This was this was a this was a game changer when I heard this album. Game changer. But moving on past sixteen saltines, uh, I freedom at twenty one <laughs> is she? is a lovely uh, topic of discussion I have for this because some controversial things have been said about this song. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, and in fact, about Jack White in general. So, <clears throat> freedom at twenty one. First of all, I want to talk about the the drum tracks for this, right? Um, first of all, not only how they did it, but also the person playing the drums because she's fantastic. But um, the drums for the song, uh, they got like a tape echo for the drums. And that's kind of that, that weird, like, just that like mouth sounds that are happening in this song. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you want to pull it up. But the lovely lady playing drums on this is Carla Azar, um, who is very great drummer she's played in a band called auto lux um which i don't know that they're like super famous but she has played on like all sorts of different recordings and she is also if anybody's seen the movie frank with uh, michael fassbender mm. in it you recommend it so much yes uh it's a weird movie but carla actually is a character in the movie she plays the drummer of this band that has a man who wears like a paper mache head it's a whole thing but it's a whole thing did you find it? Yeah, this. Oh. That like weird like that thing happening. Yeah. That's from her drums. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh I think this is the one. Uh I was like, oh, for sure. Yeah. This this is bordering rap like yeah no and he uh has rap influence at the very speaking end. of third man records uh which is is his record label thank you um third man records is primarily a hip-hop and um a lot of black artists are on uh, third man records he also fosters a lot of like there's a lot of rock bands on there too but i feel like 
the groups that he adds are kind of few and far between. Um, and also a kind of an interesting fact with this, this particular record, he did not release this under third man records. He released it under uh, Columbia. Um, he said something along the lines of like, he didn't feel like he needed to like go indie for this record, basically like go with a smaller label. So he went with Columbia cause it's like the first record label and it's got a lot of history attached to it and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, he didn't put this out through third man records, but that's really interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. But uh, some interesting things about this uh, record and how they released it. I think they tied, it was like 1200 copies to balloons and released them in uh I don't know if it was Detroit or where he released it, but that was like one the I mean, random That's where he's drop. from, so that would make sense. Right. I don't know if it where it was, but um, or it might have been in Nashville because that's where his studio is. That would also make sense. But, Either of the two. Right. Um, but also the vinyl that uh, 16 Saltines came in was uh, liquid filled and it was the first record of its kind. <laughs> liquid filled? Yes. There was a liquid inside of the vinyl. Brandon's like, mind is blown. It, right is. Now. it was a clear record with glue. And, like, it would move no, around. you couldn't squish it, but oh. you could move it and it would move around. Oh, oh like yeah. it's still wild. Yeah. That yeah. is cool. That's very cool. This is something uh, Third Man Records and Jack White himself is always like trying to do unusual things with. Yeah, Jack White's a vinyl yes. person. Yes. He's uh, a vinyl he, enthusiast. He, for his next record, as a, as a side point, he did the fastest uh, record release of all time. Mm. They, yeah, mm-hmm. he has two. Two albums coming out this year. Yes, and I'm seeing him this year. Oh, I'm excited for you! So excited. I was, I was, I've just been saying to Shelby who who bought me the ticket, um, and Sean's coming with us too. Of course, Um, fabulous. But this is the first artist I'll have ever seen where I'm going to know like every single song that he plays. Oh my god! Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm very excited. Oh my god! But (laughs) anyway, and and on a side note of him like playing vinyl, like unusual things with vinyl. On uh, the next record, Lazaretto, he put a song on the label of the vinyl. Uh, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. right. And also, yeah. if you play the record at different speeds, it plays different songs. Huh. What the fuck? Yeah. That's actually cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he did it, but. That's really sneaky. Yes. Yeah. That's genius. Yeah. I was going to say, there's a Dead Weather like music video, and it's just, yeah. it shows the process of like pressing a record. Mm hmm. And like, it's, it's cool. Like it's, you know, it's an interesting, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's something he's very passionate wow. about. So he like does record plays- store day. Like yes. I think he was the kickoff for record store day. Wasn't he? Yeah. Or he's a huge proponent of it, but I think he was the kickoff for record store day. What do you he- mean kickoff? Like he started it? I think he started it. Yeah. Cause he's got oh. third man records. He's got storefronts. Like yeah. he basically was like, come in, we're doing a special, like we're going to uh, do a special day. Oh, that's I- fucking cool. You can go to Josie's. I know they do a record store day here. Yeah. I assume probably other places do in town, yeah, but I know I, for yeah, sure Josie's does. Everybody does. He's such a kind of unusual character because like you hear a lot of negative press about Jack White. And I feel like, you know, there are probably some tendencies that he has to be an asshole because <laughs> I've heard stories. But he's also an artist that is, I mean, like. Well, I, I bring up there's a record store day uh, video where he's like coming out of a third man records and for some reason or another, somebody just gives him like a handful, like hundreds of dollars, like just shoves it into his hands and he takes it and he like says, thank you. And then he walks down the line and there's like a 10 year old boy at the front of the crowd and he just like hands the money to the 10 year old kid and like walks away. <laughs> 
I mean, like this is man. He owns a record label. He has his own successful music career. He does not need the money. He is like by far wealthier than most people think he is. I feel like not like you know super rich, but like I makes mean, good money. Involved in multiple groups, he's making plenty of money off of that. Plus, what he does as a record producer, right. and it's not just his stuff. Like right. I mean, he he produced a Dolly Parton album, didn't yeah. he? He he yeah. fosters he fosters a like, lot of new talent and this, older talent. Yeah, too. like it's not like this man is unheard of in the music industry. He no. might move low for like most civilians to know, but like. If you know much about the music industry, Jack White is heavily involved in it. Not just as a musician, but in multiple yeah, he's, other he's got ways. His hands involved in, in so many yes. things. If people recognize it, he did play on Lemonade. So like he did. He, he is yes, very he did. often Don't hurt very yourself. often in the, the public light. <laughs> but anyway, so Freedom at 21. Um, uh, one final point I want to make about this is that um, not just for this song in particular, but for many songs of Jack White's um, a feminist accused Jack White, the, that freedom at 21 in particular was like an anti-feminist anthem basically. And some of the critiques of this person's thought process are that um, this song is, it, it is about a woman, but it's uh, Jack White's thought is that it's about people's connection to like technology. That's why he talks about like the two black gadgets and like how people's thoughts of like freedom in the modern age is really not that free basically. Right. And I can see that. I can also see some points about the negativity of him talking about women. Cause he's very often talking about women in a negative way. Um, a little bit. Yes, he is. He yes. does. He, he does have an image with women where it's not, it he doesn't really write love songs about women. Ever. No, 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 no. Most of them are usually like a, a jaded perspective of yes. women. Yes, and I, I... The man's also two times divorced, I think, at the point that this oh, album came out. Oh, yeah, and they... the His ex-wife performs on this record. Okay, Taylor Swift. So, uh... One, because they both were, because Karen Elson was on his, I believe, record label, too, and she yeah. put out music as a musician. Yep. Well, they, they got divorced and had a divorce party. Yeah, that's right. I love that. Because, okay. I mean, we're also talking about the man who... White is not his last name no that was meg's name yes. he took meg's name yeah. he took his wife's name yeah making money off and then it. stuck with it because clearly there's a really nice aesthetic for it oh and there's we'll, we'll get into that with uh um one of the later songs on the album but moving on past this song after freedom of 21 we have love interruption this this was the second single from this album and this was my favorite it's so good it really is. There's a bass clarinet on it. And yes. That is yes. Amazing. I love uh -huh. it. This was uh, number one. So it was the second single. It did not get as much attention as 16 Saltines, obviously, because 16 Saltines is basically a white stripe song. You and know, this was very much not. Oh, I see. I see. It's wild because um, since moving to Kansas City, I've been, I have listened to the Buzz 96.5. It's kind of a staple in my my car's radio. And they, as far as they're concerned, Jack White has they written loved. no other song but Love Interruption. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, they love Jack White. Like crazy. What? No, they love Jack White because, well, okay, I guess I don't know what they're doing now. But before, yeah, when everyone that we knew and loved as the Buzz were on the Buzz, right. um, a lot of them, they were from Detroit. 
So, of course, they were like, we love Jack White. We're also from Detroit. And when Jack White toured through Kansas City, and he had not been to Kansas City in many years, and I'm sure it was probably the last time he was here in Kansas City, they did do an interview with him. And I remember I listened to it out in my car because I didn't have a radio in the house to listen to in my apartment. (laughs) So I sat out in the car and I listened to uh, Laszlo do an interview with Jack White. That's amazing. But they were all from, yeah, from Detroit. So they played a lot of Jack White because they love Jack White because hometown pride, you know? There's a, a fun story. One of his very early bands was um, the Upholsterers because they worked at a furniture shop. Yeah, he used to be an upholsterer. Oh, and he went to school to be a priest. There are rumors, and they might may or may not be substantiated, but there are rumors that he sewed records into the furniture of the shop that he worked in, and that some of them are still in the shop to be found. <laughs> Why would you? Do That's an interesting myth. This is the thing. This is why Bob Dylan and Jack White both just have these stupid myths <laughs> written about them. And some of them are true. Some of them are not. And you just never know until if somebody finally confirms it. You know, um, there's just a whole mythology that goes behind it. And then, of course, you know, him and Meg's whole like brother and sister Oh, yeah. Ex-wife. Nobody knew what they were. Yeah, they were right. like, are they dating? Are they married? Are they siblings? Right. And they didn't answer. Their last it. name is both white, so everyone was like, "Maybe they're, maybe they're brother and sister." But then also, they're like, "Maybe they're a little incestuous brother and sister." Like that sounds fucked up. <laughs> love interruption. I do love this song. Um, again, just fabulous lyrics. I mean, yes, truly. Yeah, every, actually, every song on here, I caught myself really listening to. Yes. Like, and none of it ever went really. There, there are it didn't several... turn into noise. <laughs> plus yes that's why progress that's another reason i do like jack white i feel like you know if we compare it compare him to a mutual hero bob dylan he has a much better way of like making the lyrics like catchy i guess or like it's more concise perhaps than the way bob dylan does things i don't know i think it's concise i think it's catchy but i also think there's something to be said for the fact that you can understand every word that comes out of his mouth (laughs) Well, that's interesting, too, because I, I don't consider Jack White, like, he's an emotive singer, but I don't really find him to be, like, the greatest singer. On Definitely the not the greatest no. singer, but uh, I, I feel like he would be intensely good at flow a tree. Yes, probably so. Um, like he's got a cadence, and he's got a way of pronouncing words that makes them stick, in a way. And I do find that the way that he sings, he he is expressive. Yes, very much so. So, um and he's yeah. just enough on pitch that it's not right. or annoying. And he and he isn't like on this. I liked it because I didn't. I felt like he was a little vocally. I felt like he was a little bit more pulled back than he yes. is with the white stripes. So uh-huh. I felt like he was able to just relax into it a yeah. little bit more, um, which I really liked personally. And I've, I kind of like Jack White post white stripes better than with I would, white and, stripes. And I honestly, I listened to this solo album before I heard any white stripes. Mm-hmm. So this was my first Jack White experience. What? Really? Yes. What? That's yes. kind of surprising. Yes. 2012. Well, this blows me, like, completely bowls me over. I, <laughs> what? Yeah. No, I yeah. would not. Yeah. Wow. I remember you being absolutely I would not have pumped gone into about this. this record. Yeah. Uh, Thinking about 
Yeah. I would have never considered that. I heard I had heard singles. I heard Icky Thump. I had heard, you know, uh Blue Orchid. I'd heard I stuff am like that. Bored by that. But I had not heard a full White Stripes record before I heard Jack White's first solo album. Wow. Um and it was Sean that that got me into it. He's cuz he's a huge White Stripes fan. Yeah. And and Jack White, but You've yeah. gone back and listened through all the white stripes. You oh like yeah, the white stripes absolutely. Now, I have. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have, and it is. It's different. Like this album sounds different. It is. Jack White takes his own shape outside of the white stripes, and he takes his own shape outside of a lot of. I mean, everything. He's yes. Done. Yeah. This he record is in particular. distinctly himself. Like yes. he really does. It's cool what he does with groups. He is an amazing musician. He's an amazing lyricist. He really is. Like he is a man at the top of his game. Truly. Um. But what he does solo and like the effort that he puts into his solo albums is really different from like yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's a different sound. It's a different shape from what he does with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really, uh, really, I think, asserts his voice in his solo stuff. A fun fact I read about this song. It said that the vocals and keyboard were recorded in one take and then the, the clarinets were added after the fact. Is huh. that true? I mean, I would imagine so, yeah. The uh, uh, woman who is featured mostly throughout the album, but very particularly in this song, Ruby. her name is Ruby Amonfu? I, I don't know how to say oh. her last name, but I know her name's Ruby. I have been spending this time like looking at her website and looking at Wikipedia pages, looking for like maybe a pronunciation so I wouldn't sound like it? an ignorant hooch. You say A-M-A-N-F-U. Amonfu? Amonfu. Amonfu. But... Yeah, so she does backups on a lot of the album, most of it. Uh, yeah, there are other people to do backups too. But yeah, there's there are certain high notes that she hits that is like that that is signature. She like, is he, few, unrecog- like, like beautifully unrecognized- featured in this particular immediately song. recognizable. And My he God. and Jack White talks about too that he actually prefers working with women because he finds that they balance him out more. This is probably why him and Meg White were together for so long. So it's it's just a, it's something I don't think you would guess just listening to his music no. that he would prefer to work, work with no. women. Like he seems a little not 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 a hater, but a little bitter. Well, that's the thing that this is why <laughs> yeah. I, this is why I you feel know? like it's kind no. of a, no no no. I agree like I with don't you. think he hates women. I don't think he disrespects women, but I think he's a little he got hurt a couple times, something like that. I think that it's it's honestly kind of a misconception with him because there are. Many women that have worked with Jack White that all say that he is like a fabulous person to work with and he's helped them out a lot in the industry. So like maybe that's that maybe his music, his lyrics or how he gets his frustrations right. out towards actions, women instead of taking it out than words, so. on women. Right. Which wow. I could definitely respect a hundred percent. All right, gone, Jack White. Well, perhaps, we don't know yeah. for sure because he keeps his private life very under wraps. But, but that would make sense though. With the way he treats the women around him, that would make sense. This well, is his outlet and for that. You know, he's he's long had a history of kind of like unconventional relationships. Like him and Meg White had like a voodoo wedding um that was like very wow. female centered type of thing you know um so yeah anyway moving on from as this, is paganism and voodoo um moving on from this though uh the next song the title track blunderbuss again one of my favorites i have long questioned this album i'm gonna say it for like every track i know i was <laughs> I, I just said he's gonna say that for every song um but this it seems like an affair. It definitely seems like Jack White had an affair at some point in time. 
Um, and this whole song seems kind of like shrouded in mystery to me. Cause, and cause he never is really like talked about what it's about either. Oh really? Yeah. So like, <laughs> what are the interpretations? That's the thing is that there's not really like they, they view it as like an elopement, you know, like these two people run away with each other. So like, but who it's based on, like who it's about any of that kind of stuff. Nobody really has like a clear idea of, who it might be. You okay, know? what is what is a what is a blunder? A blunderbuss is a type of gun. Blunder. Just blunder. Oh, a blunder. Oh, yes. A blunder is like a, a an escapade gone wrong. Yeah, like a mistake. Yeah. Okay, okay. Blundered the assignment. Romantic blunder turned explosive blunderbuss. Right. Blunder's like something you you hear a lot more in like um uh this is going to sound really stupid. England English. <laughs> In British. Yes. In, in the British language. Yeah, that seems a more common word there <laughs> than over here. Um, where we just say you fucked up. They say you blundered you that. But yeah, I I really like Blunderbuss. It's three chords the entire time. It's played in the same order over and over again. The most country sounding album on uh, sounding song on this album, which really shows off some of the, the country like roots that he has, you know. Any other thoughts about this particular song, Blunderbuss? Sorry, no. <laughs> I was just thinking, I always like to look up the astrology of most of the artists that we do. <laughs> and I knew that Jack White was a cancer, but it turns out he's a cancer sun and moon. And I was like, okay, 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 that's interesting. <laughs> he also does not have a known birth time, so I don't know what his ascendant yeah. is, but... He keeps his he keeps his shit private. You know what it sounds like. I I got back on this though because we were talking about the relationship that he has with women versus the perceived yeah. relationship that he has with women, and so right. I was like, now hold up, I know he's a cancer. Like I know this is a cancer. <laughs> so I was being nosy. Sorry. What you were saying, something, Melissa? Yeah, I was saying uh, back to the note about it being about an affair. I actually think it's about a one night stand. Perhaps. Like I think it's about. I I kind of got the impression that it was like a. Um, kind of a need to do this right now and we'll never see this person again sort of situation, but uh, I will never speak of it either. I think that the line in partway through where he says, uh, I laid you down and touched you like the two of us both needed safe to say that others might not approve of this and pleaded. So selfish then would be their cries and who'd be brave to argue doing what two people need is never on the menu. It's very much. I think, yeah, I, I could agree mm -hmm. with you on that. Mm -hmm. Scratch an itch. Yeah. Scratch an itch. Scratch. It's a scratch. And I would not be surprised. Scratch, if. scratch. Scratch that itch. They both make sense. I know what you say with I both of them. I just had a stroke. It's fine. <laughs> We're fine. <laughs> okay. Itch, 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 my scratch. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to move on because we're, we're definitely not going to get through this album in an hour, I don't think. Oh, I'm so sorry. We, we also had some stuff at the beginning, though, so I don't really know exactly how long we've been talking about. Are we trying to make Who cares? Hour we'll figure it out. That's, was, that was kind of an idea, but uh, we haven't been it able is to do it yet. <laughs> slow. Well, except for the anti-Grammys. Well, that was like a 45-minute episode. Yeah, but we just talked about me. So like, I don't know. Yeah, you know, <laughs> there's not much to say. Are you complaining? No, I'm not. But anyway, moving on to the next song. Hypocritical Kiss. This is honestly probably my least favorite track on this album, but Why? I still like it. I don't know. I, I So the interpretation of this song that I've kind of settled into from what I've read about it is that this particular critic think that's about um, an argument between him and Meg. 
And like one half of the song is from his point of view and the other half of the song is from her point of view, specifically the part that's talking about how he thinks he's a big deal, basically. I can't remember the lyric exactly, but I don't know. Yeah, I just never felt like this song really ever like takes off at any point, you know? I don't know, disagreements on that? This It's like the most forgettable one on the whole album i think personally well i appreciate an <gasps> an americana sound i feel like these the the songs that they meander a little bit they meander a little bit and they they blur a little bit yes yeah in my ever so humble opinion um my little pea brain ears well then let's just let's just move on past this one then okay okay <laughs> uh i feel like the only thing that i really want to i guess remind you is well but Jack White was also, we talked about John Darnielle when we were yeah. discussing the mountain goats and how he was like a hardcore Catholic. But like Jack White, I think, wasn't initially going to go to school to be like a priest or something. Yeah, yeah he was. And so I think there is a degree like not overly meaningful, but in this particular song, he says that line about like betray your brother with another hypocritical kiss or yeah. something. Mm -hmm. And I feel like. I guess I always get the vibe that there's a slight reference to the idea of like the betrayal of Jesus by a kiss, you know? I see. That could be so. He does sneak in biblical references. Just a smidge. Did that play your mind? A, few times. a little bit. On yeah. occasion. And it's interesting because he is, he was going to be a priest at one point, but he has also been like he's, a, yeah, he's a not, paganist. For, not a Jesus person no. at all. So it's an inter I guess it was an interesting loop to be like, oh, he was interested in being a priest because I'm always like, that is like a very small, like yeah. little blip over there for him. And he you lived know? a like, very different life. <laughs> when I was younger, I thought about being a priest. I was going to go to school for it. And then <laughs> just kidding, guys. Well, let's let's move on. Next. We weep themselves to sleep. I do love the piano on this song. I did too. That's actually what I noticed. Yeah. Um, and uh, this one is, I don't think this is Jack White playing piano on this one. But this this song in particular really hits on a note that I feel like did make this album different from a lot of White Stripes, and that is the grandiose scope of it. Mm -hmm. A lot of these songs are just huge. Like, they sound really big. Yeah. And um, this song in particular is one of them with the big, like, clanging piano and just, like, all it's just noisy and expressive. I also have always been kind of drawn to the lyrics of this one, not in any particular, like, emotional way. I'm just always intrigued by the whole description of the men who weep themselves to sleep and like the women that hold their hands behind them and all this kind of stuff. This it's a little more cryptic, this song. I don't know exactly what he is getting at with it. So I don't know if you guys had any thoughts on it at all. I liked the song. Oh, well, good. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. We'll go on to the next one, though, because I, I do have some things to say about yeah. I'm Shaken. My my emotions are poured into this song. You like this song? It, it, it might be the number one for me. Yeah, this one's going to end up on my most played list. For really? Sure. Oh, yeah. It's super fun. It is a fun song. You got Did me. Did you know this is this. not a Jack White song? He did not write this song. Who wrote um, it? A blues artist. Of course they did. From like the 30s and 40s wrote this I song. actually wondered if it was a cover. I wonder if it was not. Let me get into this because Jack White, this is something he does on almost every record that he is a part of. He finds songs that are from like very unknown people or from like blues music and then reinvents them as 
modern songs. Yeah. So he's done that on this one. Incredible. There's a song on one of the Rack and Tourist records called uh, Rich Kids Blues, which is by, I think his name's Terry Garr. He was like a 70s like singer-songwriter type, but he was never famous in his own time. Jack White found that song and like reinvented it as a raconteur song, and it sounds so cool. But this is something he does on almost every record. He finds an older song and reinvents it as like a Jack White song. Oh yeah, he he completely took ownership of the song. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it and this song in particular. Another fun fact about this song: the effect on his guitar was hand created by Jack White himself. He made a pedal specifically for this song. Okay, yes, yeah, I, yes. Yeah. And this is something that he actually loves to do. He, like, and on the next record, too, he invents a pedal that d- did not exist before. So what does this particular pedal do? That, like... That pew! noise, yeah, what's he's, that? It's, it's something that he's doing, but the pedal itself is basically a distortion pedal. Okay. Okay. But he does something, uh, at least from what I remember it is, but he... Uh, it's a really cool sound, sounding pedal that you'd have to hear it by itself to really, like appreciate it i see okay yeah so this is this is actually a cover song this is not a jack white original well respect he fucked it up i i'm glad you guys like that one i felt like um that song always kind of goes like ignored sometimes he no it's a bob consistently does a really good nod i think to a lot of his like blues origins oh yeah well and he was he was doing as well um there was a series of um, him recording people using like old ass instruments and like like old recording studios and stuff. I forget what it's called, but uh, Alabama uh, Shakes did one with him. He has people play like old ass instruments and play their songs on it. So that's I'm shaking. Trash Tongue Talker is the next song. Has some sassy ass lyrics in mm. this song. <laughs> You broken tongue, talking trash. Now you're trying to bring your garbage to me. Mm, you better not. <laughs> I got some words for your ass. You better find somebody else up the street. <laughs> that's a that's a very like um, I don't know. Is a colloquialism the correct word? It's some weird yeah, like phrase. Yeah, that, like, like a said, local lingo type. Yeah, thing. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> I think somebody from my family. Would. Yeah. Two monkeys jumping on the bed. One fell off the but fell off and hit his head on the ground. That's <laughs> what happens. Period. <laughs> Mama called the doctor. Doctor said, another body dead on the ground. <laughs> I love this song. This is, it's just another kind of like funny, witty. Funny dark comedy. Dark comedy. <laughs> but um said with a grimace but yeah i i do trash tongue talker is i i it's just catchy it's a fun little fun little little diddle <laughs> a fun little diddle don't, don't ever say that word diddle no and uh, so the next song <laughs> i would really love to talk about this one because i feel like he makes some pretty pointed jabs at Meg White herself in okay, Hip-Eponymous yeah, yeah. Poor Boy. What, what's, what's going on here? Okay, so I don't understand Jack song. White claims that the uh, lyrics of this song, that he had a dream and that he woke up from this dream and he had to immediately write down this dream that he had about this, this boy like taking off on an adventure and becoming famous by the end of it, right? 
I think that's. I think it's kind of full of crap, to be honest. I think that this a good cover story. I think that he's talking very much about himself in this song. Um, the lines that are most telling for me. So I get into the game, but always keep it the same. And I'll be using your name, but they'll be yelling at me. Poor boy, poor boy. Whose name is he using? White. Um, he also, there's a line in here. Um, but I'll be happy for you because you got nothing to do. Yes, exactly. And specifically, and you, you'll be watching me, girl, taking over the world. Let the stripes unfurl, getting rich, singing poor boy, poor boy. <laughs> I think he says that he's talking about the American flag. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is it the white stripes on the American flag? Because right. <laughs> yeah, so I think very much this song is some bitterness that he had towards Meg still kind of leaking its way out, which is kind of funny because this record was, who knows how old this song is. This record came out pretty significantly after they stopped touring. Yeah, a good like five years. But the official breakup years. announcement was in 2011. So, like so they might have had some final scuffs towards the end there. Okay, and eponymous, the word eponymous yes. means give name to somebody. Yeah. Like give your name, yeah. So that little shit is a liar. Yes, he is a liar. <laughs> uh, and again, I, and this is kind of talking about, I think, Meg's anxiety. Well, okay, so you fell asleep today. Well, what's funny to me, though, is that you did that yesterday. What a little shit. Yes. So Here I feel I was on your side, Jack. Not even on your side. I just liked and you. And especially given that just this song liked. is directly after Trash Tongue Talker, I mm, feel yeah. like. Son of a bitch. Or He's throwing shade. Perhaps it's uh, like one, like a call and response sort of situation. Maybe so. But he, two songs from two he has always been purposefully vague about this. I think he's talking shit, but I don't know. I don't want to put words in his mouth. So. Next, we have I Guess I Should Go to Sleep, which honestly is, I love musically what they do with this song. It's not like remarkable lyrics-wise, but um, first of all, the piano part, the that's two people playing piano at the same time. Oh. Right. So one person's playing an octave higher than him. Oh, I love okay. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. amazing. And it's in the Gary Oldman thing. They perform this like kind of backstage, and the the piano is open, so you see all those hammers moving at wow. the same time. It's oh, really I love cool. That. <laughs> I'm there for that. What I love is like, you know, at the end of the song, like he's, uh, I guess I should go to sleep, right? And then it slowly starts to sleep. The whole thing at the end, <gasps> and the exactly music exactly reenactment. My favorite part. <laughs> And the music is kind of gradually just like, uh, yeah. It goes to sleep. Yeah. It's a, a really clever uh, music choice, I guess. I don't know what to call it. Oh, but. yeah. There, isn't there a word for like uh, music doing what the lyrics say or something like yes. that? Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know the word, but I know what you're talking about. There. <sighs> If you know, email us at get the letter and number two, <laughs> the groove at gmail.com. Ben, thank you. So I want to talk about, I think, one of the most interesting Jack White songs uh, to me ever, and that is On, On, and On. I think this is the only song I've ever heard Jack White talk about himself, like honestly, in. He expresses some doubts that he has about his own stuff. He expresses doubts about the choices that he's made. I've never heard him 
admit, you know, that he's done anything wrong <laughs> in his in his career. And I felt like this song, he lets out a little bit of uh, insecurity. Pause. It's called word painting. Word word painting. painting. Unpause. <laughs> Unpause. Well, yeah. So a line in particular. I lift up my head and I wonder just who it is calming, calling my name now. I trip on my way and I blunder. <laughs> my head falling under a blanket of shame. Maybe he's learned something. A thing good too. The people around me won't let me become what I need to. They want me to same. I look at myself and I want to just cover my eyes and give myself a new name. Jack White has dipped relatively under the radar since about the time this album came out. This is, this is very true. Yes. This is very true. But he's still doing stuff. He has released other albums since yes. this. He has produced many things since this. Mm -hmm. I think that mother. he did, in fact, he did reach a really nice peak of fame, though. Like, the White Stripes blasted off. And then, like, his divorce with Meg was pretty public. Yep. And then he turned around and got married to a supermodel. Yep. Like, I think this is very much the perspective that this is a man who is saying, I led a very public life that I necessarily, I didn't necessarily consent to. Like, right. he did not necessarily want to be as public a figure as he was, but he really was for a while there. Like, yeah. 2000, like, Icky I Thump would say. Icky Thump was huge. Icky Thump was huge. You say 2007 through, like, I would say up to about the point where he released this album. And Steady As She Goes was nominated for several was, awards. Yes. He was, like, he was very front and center yeah. in a lot of things. He had that, like, he had an award show where he, like, got up and kind of made a jab at Kanye West. Like, there are many things that he did. Yes. I also want to talk about, since we just released the anti-Grammys episode, how this album was nominated. Number one, number one, this album was the first work that Jack White ever did that went to number one on the Billboard charts. Okay? So he had been a musician this whole time. This was the first number one that he ever, and it was number one in America and Europe. People do love Jack White. They do. So- Biggest record he's ever had, nominated for a Grammy. The Black Keys. Oh no. Were also nominated for a Grammy for um The Black Keys stole what the black what the white stripes oh, were doing. Oh Jeannie, I don't do not don't like get me the started. black keys. Nope. I want it known. Started. Here we go. I Start want it, it known. I do not care for the black keys. Yes. I don't care for their songs. They all sound the same. Say they are rip. boring. They yeah. are uninteresting. Yeah. I don't understand how they were as big as they were. Are we on the same page? Yes. yes. Okay, great. Fantastic. <laughs> the I just room is on the sure. same page. I think the only song of theirs I liked was the Gold on the Ceiling song. Everything and else. And that's is the album. That's the album that came out this year. Boring. That yes. one song is their saving grace. Everything else of theirs, and it was plastered all over the El radio. Camino. El Camino. Yeah. Boring. That was the tour we saw. And it was yes. a it was a very boring ripoff of the White Stripes. Yes, uh, fully agree with all of that. Uh, that's been a public feud between uh, Jack White and Dan Auerbach for quite some time. Well deserved. Take a shit on that Dan Auerbacher person. Blunderbuss and El Camino were both were both nominated for Best Rock Album of 2012, and the Black Keys won. Boring. Yes. But again, we wow. know that the Grammys are bullshit, right? No, no, and that's what I'm saying. Like, 
We I, all agree on will, this. I will it's give why it to we do you. an anti-Grammys episode because will, it's bullshit. I will give it to you that the Black Keys El Camino has some of the biggest hits of their career on it. It's got a bunch of catchy shit. They were all over the it's fucking radio. Sold, it's sold so many records. But if we were talking about content wise, but it's boring and it's Jack a very White's solo album version was of- so much deeper and more complex than what they put together. I don't know. I've always been frustrated by that choice. I think you know damn well. I think the only thing that the Black Keys did well is that they found a way to like mainstream and popularize. Yeah, that was it. Like that was it. It doesn't mean that they were good or interesting. They just that's when they were literally talking about in interviews that they have figured out the pop songwriting formula, and that's That's exactly what they did. On also, where are they at now? Because they ran out of shit to do. Because they had they were a one trick pony. Right. And that was El Camino, and they have nothing to follow up on that. And I am here for a fist fight if anyone wants to pull up. Jeannie said pull up, though. All right. Well. Pull up, Black Keys I'm glad that we got all that out of the way. uh, We agree on this. I'm glad. There is no war. (laughs) Civility was maintained. Honestly, I was genuinely upset when he did not win the Grammy because I thought, and, and, you know, whatever you guys feel about this record, I feel that this at this point in his career, was the best work that he's ever made. Now, there are many White Stripes fans that would disagree with me on that, but I think this not only represented what he did in the White Stripes, but also all the various projects that he was doing at the time, and also his own style. Like, this was a definitive his statement. His style, yeah. I think that's a really definitive statement from an established artist, and I feel like to not give him the granny for that, it was... Ugh. What a discredit to a lot of the other work that he had done, too, to be able to say, yes. wow, look at all of that versatility you possess. And here's what you you alone are capable of. You, when you're left to your fully your own decisions, this is what you were capable of. Amazing. It's a fucking cherry on top of an amazing ice cream sundae of talent. And also not to mention the fact the people that played on this record are all established industry professionals. You've got Carla Azar that I mentioned earlier. You've got Ruby Amanfu. You've got Karen Elson who sings on the last track, who is his ex-wife, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fats Kaplan, who is an extremely popular session musician in Nashville. Uh, Pokey Lafarge is on this record. If anybody knows who Pokey Lafarge is, he is an established like blues mandolin singer type guy. Uh, Jack Lawrence, who also plays bass for the Raconteurs and a bunch of other projects that he does. Like these are all like extremely well established musicians that played on this record. And disservice, disservice. was done to all of the talent poured into this. Yes. So. On to the last song. And that's a fact. The man is a curator <laughs> of talent. Like he that is. is the thing that's worth noting about Jack White. He is a curator of talent. He yes. finds people and like we kind of discussed that maybe he might push really hard sometimes. Yes. But the man, like, he sees what he wants. Like he look gets at what he like people. what he himself has done. He is like he sits high on the ranking of guitarists, and that's not even his like first instrument. No. Like it's not, but he still sits very high and like he is a distinct guitarist too. Mm-hmm. Like you can pick out Jack White amongst yep. others. Mm-hmm. Like he has a voice, he has a style. You can see where he pulls from and has a nod to famous other like guitarists. Like right. the man is talented. He has the teeth to back up like his bark. Okay. Yeah, he like does. he really does. So to pack this album with the people that he carefully curates to back up right. all of that talent too right. is like impressive yeah all right well let's let's finish this thing out we got one song left 
this is one of my favorite closers on an album of all time. Take me with you when you go. And God damn it, isn't it perfect? Oh my God. Especially at the beginning, we were talking about, oh, how Missing terrible pieces. it is yes. that all of his pieces are being taken away. And then we get and this whole begging, album of pleading. revealing bits and pieces of Jack White. And then he's like, eh, please take me with you. Please. I'm actually just, I'm a person just like you and want to be wanted. I love the description of this too, this song, uh, how it starts off as kind of like a jazzy kind of number. And then by the end of it, it's frantic. Like he's like panicking, like, oh God, don't leave. Don't leave without me. <laughs> don't leave. And I, the whole middle section where they're like, I got a feeling in my mind. And it's yeah. I don't know how they pull that off because it does not repeat lyrics. Nope. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. They're just doing this. That, that, yeah. They're just doing that melody. Incredible. Yeah. I, yeah, this a perfect closer to the album. It's sweeping. It's grandiose. It, it touches on the like, the country blues type stuff. And also mm-hmm. with the whole like, are so we need to start videotaping ourselves. <laughs> yeah. These are too good to, for people to be missing. I, this, this album <laughs> for, from an instrumentalist point of view is chock full of memorable riffs and instrumental moments. I, uh, I love it. Yeah, this is fun. It fits. It, it serves not only like the people that aren't musicians. It gives them excellent like lyricism and like good songs. It also serves people who are musicians with these incredible Nashville session musicians. Like I just, he just absolutely destroyed this solo debut. And I like, honestly, like this is still my favorite Jack White record. The subsequent solo albums uh, have not been as favorable for me, but I will say. Lazaretto, the one after this, is kind of a continuation of the sound, except it touches a little bit more into oh, the country yeah. realm. It does. Okay. Uh, but then, Boarding House Reach, his third, is a total departure from all of that. It's sampling. It's like borderline. I'm bored. I haven't listened to it yet. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, my gosh. No. It's, You've told me to, and I haven't yet. I'm sorry. It, there's like jazz on it. There's a little wow. bit of like rap sounding stuff. Like it, hmm. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. No, Boarding House Reach is it, that I highly recommend that one too. It's really not a White Stripes or Jack White or anything else that he's done record. It's him really like experimenting in the okay. studio. Um, yeah, you won't like all of it because it is very experimental. But I don't know. You might. I I'm a weirdo in some ways. It's also I think more instrumental than anything else that he's done. Um, I think that's what I. You like well, about Jack White? Yeah, yeah, and especially that that n- number in Lemonade is standout yeah. because it, of it that. is a standout. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's fiery on that track. Ooh, like, that track is it's gritty, and he is playing drums on that track. Like that—that's what he's mm. he's he's playing drums and also. Oh, and I, I didn't even talk about the the stuff he plays drums on. Either I'm shaken or Freedom at Twenty One. No, Carla plays drums on free. So I think he plays drums on I'm Shaken. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, he plays bass on On, On, and On, which is just, you know, do, 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 do. So Going it's on, on, and <laughs> right. on, and on, and on. <laughs> he went to, like, method act it. But, yeah, like, he basically, like, he plays keys on a lot of tracks. He plays guitar on a lot of stuff. Um <laughs> He is <laughs> he is playing guitar in 16 Saltines. That's, like, the most signature-sounding guitar for Jack White, so all right, all right. But anyway, that's Blunderbuss. That's it. 
Blunderbuss. I liked it. This is another uh, album that you've told me to listen to for years. And um, now that I've listened to it, I'm like, oh, okay, great. Yeah, I should have done this a long time ago. Yeah, I think sometimes I talk about albums and they don't live up to the expectations as my my opening joke I made. <laughs> but I'd say for this one, like oh. especially for people who have a certain idea of who Jack White is, I think this really, he defies some of those expectations mm-hmm. on this record. Like you get that Jack White experience, but you also get a more like filled out side of yeah, that. It's, it's almost more intimate in that way. It is. You, he's revealing a, a new side. And that's why I love the happenstance that, that this record put together because Lazaretto is so much more structured and it's, he tries to be as grandiose as this record. And I think that because he's self-aware of that, mm-hmm. he wasn't able to get there. Um, he, in, in a Lazaretto. Blunderbuss is a blunderbuss. <laughs> In Lazaretto, he has songs Explosive. where he kind of like tries to encapsulate like the human experience in some songs. He has one, um, oh God, what is it called? Entitled, it's about entitlement. And, he, and, and I'm just like, dude, come on, <laughs> come on. So I, yeah, I, I feel like this record, because of the fact that it was not really meant to happen, became one of his best works by accident. There's beauty in that. There like, is. There is such there a great is. chance to like to throw stuff at the wall and kind of see what sticks. And especially for someone who's so used to having just like a tight fist on control. Yes. Like, so no, I I think I can agree with you on that because yeah. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I can see that actually. Okay, yeah. yeah. He is. He is usually like he's very in control. So it is interesting to say like this is what a person who usually is very con- right. much of a control freak like here's what they did with some open space they had in their schedule. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. oh, this is this is how you chose to fill your time. Well, I'm glad everybody liked it. I thought you would. Um, I he's Jack White himself. I think is just too like kind of universally accepted for you to not at least give him a chance you know <laughs> it's true he's consistently right. put out good work yes but there is a good reason why people like jack white yes. and it's because it is like even if it's not usually your jam i think it is still something that you can like it can catch your ear and you're like oh yeah like i can still appreciate this for what it is he like, writes a catchy riff he, he does. really do <laughs> he knows how to make music really good but also still interesting enough to like everyone that it's accessible you right. know mm-hmm so yeah, there it is. Blunderbuss by Jack White. Wow. What a what a what a terrific addition to our collection of records that we've listened Listen, to. Yeah. This was very fun to do, Juan, because I do love Jack White, but it was very nice to watch you like host the episode. Yeah. I was also fascinated to learn that you did not know of the white stripes. Like I'm gonna tell you right now. You listened to this as your first Jack White. Which experience. I think is bizarre because I knew of the white stripes. Yes, so I had stripes, no clue you didn't know about the, the white, white stripes. stripes. were huge. And I know that there's like I knew a, of them. Yeah, just you just had listened to them. Listen to them. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting you year. ignored them. Colton, did you did you ignore them for a reason? Like, were Probably, you not listening yeah. to the White Stripes? I was very. I mean, I'm, like I still. I am still contrarian, it. but yes. I was especially so. In You're high like school. they're too. And mainstream, they were kind of mainstream. They were very mainstream by then. To be honest, like the mainstream White Stripes songs are really not my favorite Jack White songs. I got pulled into them because I used to see their videos on. MTV they all of the time and they're very videos. distinct yes. and I said wow I love this and yeah. then I was hooked on Jack White and Meg White technically but I went from there I was very skeptical when Sean was talking me into this record and then when I listened to it I was like 
I sounded like Jack White for like three, four years after mm-hmm. I heard this record. I was no, trying so he's, hard. He's such a he is such a guitarist. Like yes. I can see how that would appeal to you. I had a point in time too that I I think was similar to him in that I was a guitarist, but I wanted to start doing other things mm-hmm. outside of just playing guitar. And that's what he did on this record. So you can kind of hear what all is possible outside of just your instrument, you know? You're not trapped in any one thing. That's right. You can do it all. That's Amazing. right. Don't stick yourself in a box. No. What a thing to take away. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, I, to be honest, did not do research for this album because I just know all You didn't need to. <laughs> no. It's okay. Sometimes you don't need to. No, I was, I've been so prepared for this for so long. <laughs> See, I think I hyped myself up trying to do rent. rent. I feel like I should have taken your approach. Like I could have just like gone there. Just be there casual. And, like, yeah, I know most of the basic facts, You're but the, I did uh, some hardcore research. What's it? What's it called when you lead the the parade? There's a you drum know? major. Well, that's the band. there's a there's a grand like something. Like a grand master. No. Yeah, no, I think no. that might be. I think that that might master be master ceremonies. Yeah, the grand master. I think is not a KKK. Leader. Oh. I hope not. And the Grand Master, the leader of the KKK. Grand Wizard. Grand Wizard. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, when you're, you know, the lead of the parade, like it's usually a little bit of a like ceremonial title, like it's for whatever. But like, I'm sure you still have to know what you're doing, you know, like at least enough so to guide everyone. You have to know the route at least. Oh my God. They took them into a residential neighborhood. Right. To be honest, the uh, the hardest part was the uh, the intro. <laughs> you did so good. You did at so it. good. I thought it was great. Well you done. set us up with a discussion topic. You had a nice like flow into it. Like it was good. You did a you did a good job, Colton. I'm excited to see what you two do. I was tickled. With yes. You. Next, uh, we'll reconvene and we'll be listening to Silk Sonic's debut record. And uh, Melissa, you're gonna lead us through it. Oh, I'm ready. Mm, excellent. Got some fun tidbits for you. Got some research for you. It's gonna be a got some sexy got some throwback references for you. I love that a album. Education, a little education because this album is nothing but an you education. It. It's yeah. good Honestly. to appreciate the album. It's you you really do need it to the appreciate the album. Yes, because mm, we'll talk. It's about an amazing it. we'll talk, album. Oh, good, Don't give it all away. <laughs> all right, so we give it a bye. Uh, yeah. All okay, right. Let's, yeah. Bye. bye.